Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Today I have Andrew Chamber from Excel College, and I am so excited to talk to you today, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Now, I know, I mean, I have I have five boys, and my four older ones have already gone away to college. They've graduated from college, and my youngest is 17. And, oh, with everything that's going on in the world, um, I'm really concerned that I really, I cannot push my child to go to college because I am concerned about what will happen to them in college just because the most colleges are not supporting the values that I've tried to instill in my child. Um, But then also it's just so expensive and um, I don't want him to be saddled with so much debt. I mean, there's just so much going on that and I've heard from so many other people too, that they're like in the same place. We were always told growing up, that's what you do is you go to college, but now yeah. that's kind of been thrown in the air. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited when I, you know, take a, took a look at your website and uh, Excel College really seems to meet the needs so that <laughs> I don't have to be afraid to yeah. send my kid to your college. So can, can, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the college? And then let's d- dive in and talk about how you guys can help us out here. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, the fact that you raised five boys, you're a legend. So uh, <laughs> I've got two right now. <laughs> so I might have to hop on with you later and get some tips, but um, <laughs> that's amazing. Um and yeah, I just, um, and so yeah, so my name is Andrew Chambers. Uh, so Excel College, we're here in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Um, I've been here since 2017. Uh, my wife actually uh, teaches at the college as well. That's how we met, um, was uh, both of us working here. And um, and yeah, so our whole, you know, that, that so, I, so a little bit about my background. So I was a missionary for seven years. Um, and uh, before that, I actually went to college at the University of Memphis. Uh, got a bachelor's degree in business. And I remember I I was doing a lot of inner city ministry at the time and working in the marketplace, uh, going to school full time. And and I honestly remember asking, uh, telling my friends, hey, I'm learning way more in the marketplace than I am actually in my business law class at night. I mean, I had a, I literally had a business uh, like a logistics professor walk in to a night class and say, I'm only here so that my wife will let me play golf. Here's all my, <laughs> here's my, here's my PowerPoints. Here's, um, and you know, the test is going to be all the PowerPoints. You guys have fun. Um, and, and back then that was, you know, in 2013, I graduated and back then thinking, why am I, why am I doing this? But I have to, cause I have to get that piece of paper uh, so that I can, you know, get a, my dad always said J-O-B, so you can E-A-T, so you know, D-I-E, and, um, <laughs> and so I, I gotta be able to get the piece of paper, but I feel like I'm not, what, like, why am I here, and, um, and so, you know, after being 
a missionary for a while and then and settling down in education again um what we've kind of, our really our whole purpose at excel is that you know because when i was and just another thing about my college experience is i i had that junior professor in biology that was like you know the bible stupid um if you don't believe in this version of evolution then you're not um informed and you know as a as a young christian kid who hadn't done a lot of wrestling with my faith at the time it actually did throw me off big time and uh it was a couple of years of wrestling even while i was in ministry to actually really um build rebuild my relationship with the lord and that involved a lot of actually like actually connecting with him as a person and not just um and not just like reading about him but actually getting to know him and and so that that and that really like kind of lit my fire around education again and so here what our whole thing is as a parent when you send your kid off to school you should not be praying that they don't get hijacked and that that's the reality for a lot of parents right now we meet parents at homeschool conventions all the time that are like i'm i'm literally praying cuz my kids at x and x university and i don't want them to get hijacked and so um and so what we did was we we built a model to where the students get educated and discipled at the same time we think education and discipleship should go together and our whole thing is about life transformation not just about information impartation and yeah, that's that's huge i mean so so often you know education is looked at as just you know taking that information like you had to check off those boxes to get that yep. piece of paper and i mean i have three degrees and yeah. i am the first one to tell you that <laughs> my work in business taught me so much more but i had to get those degrees to do what i had to do i had to check off those boxes jump through those hoops and, yeah um, and that's tr and that and that's how and that's what we you know that's what we were grew up being told and it even got to a point to where okay now a master's degree is the new bachelor's degree like you have to have a bachelor's to go then you have to have a master's to go and i think that day is done um and honestly so. yeah and i think the day of the traditional four-year school being the gatekeeper to the american dream is over and if you look at 90 percent of jobs they're going to look at they're wanting more of like what experience do you have and what is your character um and what's on your and then what's also what's on your resume more than do you have that four-year degree so a couple of years ago um uh, and you know there's a lot of opinions about about President Trump. But one thing that he did was he issued an executive order that actually told the federal government they were not hiring based on degrees anymore. They were hiring based on experience. Um, and that, you know, the federal government is usually behind the times, which I still think they are. And, but, you know, uh, Elon at Tesla, IBM, Apple, a lot of these guys, they're hiring based off experience, not based on degrees. Mm -hmm. And And so although we issue a degree, um, we've actually kind of gone outside the traditional accredited system and gone under the religious exemption route so that we could build a degree pathway that would allow us the character formation aspect, because we do that through the liberal arts, which we can talk about, but then also the skill training um, through apprenticeships. And so our whole thing is that the education system was never meant to, college was never meant to get into skill training. It was meant to produce wise and mature adults. But in the 1800s industrial revolution, when it got into skill training, um, and started producing workers for the factories um, that's when it got off 
force and then stops producing wise and mature people and also doesn't produce, we say it's the least effective and most uh, expensive way to learn a skill. Yeah. Uh, and I run, I run our um, networking for our apprenticeship program. And when I, I ask employers all the time, what do you want from us? What do you want from our students? They said, well, we have to train them for our business anyway. So we want them to have to show up on time. <laughs> uh, we want them to be able to talk to customers well, to take feedback and to have the character and character and integrity to sustain this job. Yeah. And we're like, we can do that. So Yeah. Now you, you mentioned liberal arts. Um, yeah. That's something that I, I feel very strongly about is that the, the classic liberal arts education is a fantastic foundation um tell me about how excel incorporates that into their educational design yeah absolutely so so actually back in the day we just had that liberal arts program and we're just an associate's degree and um and what we found is um you know the original purpose of college like we were talking about is to produce wisdom and maturity for the leaders of tomorrow i mean that's what it was for and you got a liberal Liberal arts weren't something that you threw away on the way to your major. Um, that's why we, we call them gen eds now. But we think liberal arts are actually essential to forming that wisdom and maturity and that character formation. And so um, we do the we do our first phase of our program. We do the we've actually built a curriculum where we do the liberal arts through the biblical narrative. And so we start with critical thinking um, because you have to learn how to discern truth before you can actually start discovering truth. Um, and then we go to theology because theology is the queen of the sciences. And if you have, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about if you have bad theology, then you'll have bad philosophy. But if you have good theology, then everything else will follow. So we do one subject at a time, which is really unique. And so um, we we use the Socratic method for everything, which for listeners that aren't familiar, I know you're familiar, but for listeners that might not be, Socratic method is discussion-based learning where you actually use questions to pull out um, from your students to actually help them come to discovery together. And so what we do is we don't do lectures. We use original sources and texts. And so in theology, there's a question of the week for every week, and there's a question of the day. And we have readings around that question of the week and the question of the day. And so we might be reading Thomas Aquinas, C.S. Lewis, Bertrand Russell, and Plato all in the same week. And um, so students can actually learn to grab from different viewpoints. And But at the end of the day, lay a biblical foundation for what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. Like, what does God say about this? And so then when you get into, so our first question in theology is, like, is God even real? Because you got to answer that first, you know? And your second question is, okay, he is real, so what's he like? Okay, well, we think he's good, so what's his problem, <laughs> you know? Um, and then what's his solution to the problem? And so then when we get into philosophy and we start asking questions around what is knowledge and what is real, well, our are um, the things that we've discovered about God and theology actually built on that philosophy. And then even farther up, when you get into anthropology and you're asking the questions like, what is man? Is man an animal? Um, is he a parasite to the planet or is he a blessing to it? Then our answers in theology actually inform, inform that. So we do all, that all the way through anthropology, sociology, uh, fine arts. We study that in Italy. And, um, and so what I say is like during our, phase our first phase the core students are building that foundation and that worldview from which to see the world um and that's what the liberal arts were always supposed to do so yeah teaching teaching how to think 
Yes. Not necessarily what to think. Yes. And how to live. You know, how yeah. do I live wisely and live well? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so, and I, then we think. I agree. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. So yeah. what do you do after that? Well, so then I was just going to say, so then we think only after that, after I've laid that foundation, can I then start asking the question of now, where do I fit into this thing? Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was 18, I came into college, like, okay, declare your major, make sure you're taking the right classes so you don't end up here for six years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but what 18 year old kid do you know that knows exactly who they are, uh, what they're about, what they're passionate about? Like most, um, you know, I we think your early teens and your 20s are for about discovering who you are and how God's made you and what you're about. And so that's what we really help them do in that first phase. And then once they've kind of walked that journey for a while, because they, they work jobs while they're in the core phase, in that liberal arts phase. And then once you've actually built that foundation, then you can start asking the question, now, where do I fit in this thing? And it's more, and we encourage students, it's more about, less about the 40-year job and more about what marketplace skills merge well with my passion, skills, talents, and how God's wired me. And let me develop those. And then there's 50 different job opportunities out there, you know, so. Yeah, especially today, since uh, things are changing so fast, we have no clue what our kids are going to be doing as no. adults. No. I mean- just, I mean, like AI, who yeah. would have thought AI? I mean, I have, um, I have two sons who graduated with computer science degrees wow. and they're having to now go back and figure out, okay, we didn't do anything about AI in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Relearn. yeah. yeah. Well, and we're in the information age now. And just like you're saying, that's why most schools don't have actually big, I mean, they have computer science departments, but not like big departments built around like the technology industry because it does change so rapidly that if you're in an institution with professors and TAs you can't move that quick yeah. <laughs> and um and it really it really is interesting to see um but then at the same time like there's so much value in the trade still you know yeah. and um you know electricians and plumbers and and HVAC and and all and welders like those positions that everyone said robots were going to replace are not being replaced. They're actually becoming more valuable. And, and so what if we actually produced people that could be, you know, a graphic designer or a computer scientist or an electrician or HVAC guy that had the character and integrity that comes from a liberal arts education as well. Yeah. And that's, that's our whole thing. So. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about this apprenticeship thing. Yeah. How does and that work? Yeah. And so what we do is, and so we don't do the apprenticeships like within the school here. What we actually do is um, students go out and they meet employers in our local community that are willing to apprentice them in that field. And, and that's how, and then we're able to look at that and, and give credit towards the experience they got at, at those jobs. Um, and it's a, it's a new approach. I mean, it's not a new approach, actually. It's a really old approach. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a new approach as far as college goes. And so our whole thing is like, if you went to Harvard in the 1800s, you didn't go for a blacksmithery degree. If you want to be a blacksmith, you went and set up under a blacksmith and stoked his fires for a couple of years. Then he would let you hold the, the fork so you can hold the metal in the fire and then taught you how to form the and And, you know, the guy working on my car, I don't care about all the tests he's taking. I want to know, can he work on my car? And so if you're going to, so what we've done is, you know, and we're, we're assisting in this process. We can help students find these employers. And so we've got students that are working at, like right now in our current class, 
that are working, you know, I've got two students that are in doing their internship in data analytics at Sunbelt Rentals. Um, Sunbelt is a $4 billion a quarter company, um, highly successful, and they're doing date and they're doing data analytics. So they're getting paid $20 an hour um, to actually learn how to do data analysis. And so what the, what the project manager over there did was he said, Hey, for the first month, they're not going to do any projects with us. All they're going to do is go take these courses on Google um, or on Coursera that Google put out that shows, you know, um, Google Tag Manager, data analysis, analysis, and Power BI. And then once they learn those, then I can start putting them on projects. And so they did. So they went and took those courses for a month. Um, and then now they're on projects. And so they actually just were in Charlotte last week for the company uh, year-end, fiscal year-end review. And uh, and they're literally, I mean, their job is to like actually look at Sunbelt's website, pull a bunch of data, build a story out of it, and then recommend changes for it. And um, those jobs come out making eighty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> and uh, and one of the girls when she at when she was thinking about applying here, she's like, "Well, I want to go on to get my MBA. Can I do that there?" And I was like, "You are going to get way better than an MBA here." And she's doing it. Um, and it's, you know, I, we got people doing that. We got people doing culinary arts and uh, machining and and welding and uh, community and program development and just all these different positions where employers, because here's the thing for an employer, you got to train them anyway. Um, even if they went to school for it, you still got to train them. And if they have debt, then they feel entitled to a certain pay base because I spent all these money over the years to get that. Um and so for us, they don't have that debt. And so you can actually pay them, you know, a reasonable amount and pay them well still, but um, amount that's more reasonable for employers. And uh, they're starting from, they're starting from a, a character level where they're easy to train, but they also don't have to unlearn a lot of things coming in. And so um, it's been, it's been great for, for our kids and for employers we're working with too. So, okay. So you have a bachelor's program. What are, what is the degree that, that kids get? Yeah, so it's a so that's that's a good question. So it's a it's one degree. It's a bachelor's in religious studies, integrated economy, and critical thinking. But then they get an emphasis in whatever field they want to go into. So everyone gets that liberal arts together. They go through it in a cohort model. They walk through as a as a unit, and and that's how you build that you know momentum and Socratic discussion. And then they separate off when it gets to the apprenticeship phase, and that's when they emphasize in the field they want to go into. Okay. How do you help? I mean, just because I mean, I'm all about realizing genius, which I, I really consider to be, you know, basically finding that gift that God has given you that you are meant to share with the world. Yeah. So how do you help your students find that? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. So um, our, our, you know, we have the personality test, you know, we do all that stuff. So we do, you know, disc and strengths finders and but our real thing is life on life discipleship. And so they're in that core phase. They're in the classroom, but they're also living in homes with other students here on campus. And there's a there's a um, house captain in charge of each home. They have a coach that meets with them every two weeks and they have um, and they they're in the marketplace working. But throughout all that, they're in the context of community. So they're doing life with our faculty and staff. Every, I mean, you know, my wife and kids live here on campus. Um, all of our faculty and staff live here on campus. And so we really built this environment where we can actually do life together. And just in the context of that, you start really being able to observe people. So the girl that's, you know, Emma, that's doing data analytics, she wants to be in business management. 
and um, and she's going to have a, a great future there. And so from observing her while she's in the liberal arts program, you know, I've looked at her and, you know, data is not, her future is not necessarily in data. Um, she's probably going to be more on the team side, the sales side. And so she's doing some of that work as well. But, you know, what I told her was, hey, if you get into data, then, which is a lot of businesses are headed that way, and you can do sales at the same time, then you're actually building skills that will set you up to manage a team. Um, and, but our co all of our coaches do that with students, and we spend enough time with them. It's like, hey, have you thought, you know, you're really good at that. Have you thought about that? Or, you know, if a student, like, doesn't really, uh, is more in tune with spreadsheets than they are with people, and they're, you know, up you know, when we have community nights, they're more often by themselves and they want to go to a sales role, then we can kind of ask questions like, well, you know, like this is what those roles actually look like. Um, what, do, you know, what do you, uh, what do you see in there? And there's just ample opportunity in that life, in that, you know, around the dinner table and to kind of observe like, and that messed with the personality test, which can kind of help bring out like, what are my natural skills? And just hearing them talk about who they are and what they love. You really, it's like, it's almost that's which I love, which is why I love homeschooling is because you're raising and educating in family and community. And so who knows best, but the people that are around you all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a long-winded answer, but. No, I love that. I love that. And it just totally makes so much sense. Um, I use a, a leadership education philosophy and have been involved in leadership education, homeschool philosophy for Oh, over 15 years. Wow. And uh, it is all about mission, you know, living your mission, finding your mission. Um, I I kind of see it more as that genius. I, I like that term. Some people get put off with the term mission. Mm. Um, but um, genius is something that a lot of people have an easier time with. Um, yeah. But um I, I know that it's been just that idea that that is out there for kids. And um, that's one of the things I love doing is working with the, these kids, getting to know them and helping them. I, I, I use several different um, personality tests as well. So can you tell me what were the, you mentioned a couple, what were the ones that you guys use? Yeah. So we use the, the disc disc. Okay. I'm familiar with um, that one. And I think it's called, I think uniquely you is the name of the the company that puts that out and then we use strengths finders uh clifton yep clifton, clifton. Yeah. okay yep okay and awesome. then we use um 16 personalities which oh that's almost, uh myers-briggs myers-briggs yeah and yeah. there's different versions of the myers-briggs um yeah. but we use that 16 personalities one and then we um we haven't done enneagram yet i've been in organizations past that used enneagram and we're considering using that um we think the maturity level needs to be there to use Enneagram so people don't start picking yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So that's something we're just yeah. dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you use several different ones because I know I've, um, I tell everybody, if you're going to do one, you have to do at least three <laughs> Yeah. because um, it Indeed. helps, helps you realize that you are an individual. You don't, you know, like I, I've had so many mothers say, well, he's just a three or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. that's just who he is. And I'm like, no, no, no. he's so <laughs> yeah. much more than that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And they're helpful tools, not yes. good identity. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and so we use, so like uniquely you is a good for like, I operate and function this way. Whereas the clips of strengths is more like, here's the things that I'm really good at. Um, yeah. and then, you know, the Myers Briggs is kind of similar to like, here's how I function and think. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's funny. I was just telling a friend of mine today that, you know, my mom, because I got into it, my mom took the, um, the, uh, Myers-Briggs and found out, you know, she was like 70 years old and she found out she was an extrovert <laughs> and she's like, she, she didn't think she was, she thought she was an introvert and huh. she was living her life that way. And it, it totally changed her life for the better, just understanding that she was an extrovert. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, when my wow. dad passed away, I was able to talk to her in the terms of, okay, you're an extrovert. You being alone in your house is not a good thing. Yeah. Wow. It drains you. And and I could see that, but you know, in grief and everything, she was having a hard time. So I was able to help her work through that. And, um, but anyway, I mean, it was transformational for her to just know that one little thing. And wow. I, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that these personality tests, if they're used correctly and are not used as labels, but you know, like how you guys are using them, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay, I know you've touched on it, but can you like let's really talk about how your students get out of college without any debt? Yeah, great question. So that actually, I've, I got to give a lot of credit to um, Lee Byberg. He's a he's the president of the college. He actually and um, they actually developed this model um, a couple of years ago. And because um, we're under religious exemption, so we don't take government loans. And because, you know, with the loans come the strings. And um, so but education is still if you're going to do good education and have faculty and staff, like it still costs money. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and, um, we don't have a massive alumni base that has endowment funds and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, what we did was, cause we're holistic anyway. Like if you come out here intellectually up here, but you're like spiritually and practically and professionally way down here, then we did not do what we set out to do. And so this accomplished a couple of different things. I mean, so the model is students pay for a third, parents pay for a third, um, and the school goes out and fundraises for a third of the tuition. And, um, but students, we've done, so we have self-contained class mo uh, modules. And so during their core program, um, students can work between 20 and 30 hours a week to finance their side. Um, and now our tuition model covers rent, utilities, tuition, dinners. And so it's an all, it's kind of like a cruise. It's like all in one package there. Um, and the reason for that, yeah. And we, and we, um, and the reason for that is, um, so they're not paying off paying some, um, you know, apartment complex, $1,100 a month plus tuition and all that. So we've combined it all into one thing. Um, and, um, and so they're working during the core phase. So when they're in the classroom, but they're also building the character and maturity to sustain a job, um, they're able to pay for a lot of their, um, education on their own. During the apprenticeship, internship, practicum phase, um, they are actually able to work more because the essentially the, the classroom has moved to the marketplace. Like we're not in charge of class anymore. The marketplace is in charge of class. 
And, um, and, you know, obviously we still have to have reporting and all that kind of stuff, but, um, because of that, they're able to work 30 to 40 hours a week. And so the cost for their parents goes down and the cost and for the whole program goes down and the cost for them goes up just a little bit. And, um, and so because they're able to work more, they're taking on more responsibility. And so, and then by the time they graduate, um, the hope is that they're totally, we say interdependent on their parents. So we don't want them to say, Hey mom, and dad, I'll see you later. <laughs> but but like, I don't need you to pay for my cell phone anymore. I don't need you to pay for my insurance anymore. And so I've got students here now that are in that practicum phase that are actually saving money. Um, so they're paying for school on their own. They're saving money. They're paying for their car and their cell phone and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, a couple of them, I'm talking about trying to help them start building credit so they can be ready to buy a house. And that's the, the place they've gotten to. And so it's this model where parents and students are in school are carrying a big load um, together. And then parents kind of step back a little bit in the second phase and students step up a little bit more. And then when they graduate, they should be ready to, to, to do life on their, on their own financially, you know? So. Yeah. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, it definitely is a much more workable model than what most kids are having to do today. Um, and it also, it's it's them taking responsibility and learning responsibility and taking more responsibility well, yeah. incrementally, yeah. which I think is a much more workable model. Well, I mean, and you know this from raising five boys, like how much more do they care about if they pay for it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we don't have much of an issue. I mean, there's always, you know, but we don't have much of an issue with people not coming to class, all that kind of stuff, because they're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, and um, yeah, it's so it really helps a lot. And so, and during that, and building that work ethic. So by the time they're getting to the apprenticeship, they're not having to worry about building work ethic anymore and showing up on time. They've already figured that out. Now they're just now they're just focused on actually learning the skills. So yeah. Um, and our you know over two and a half years. So our and our degrees not four years it's two and a half years, and they worked because they work through the summers instead of having a long summer break. They have week long semester breaks. And so our degree is about $51,000 over two and a half years, which is about a third of a, you know, of a state school four year program. But I think like 23, 24, of that is actually made by the students while they're here. Um, oh, wow. So um, it really does kind of make that a lot more approachable. So, yeah. And by going year round and having it be much shorter, because I mean, most people think, oh, it's a four year degree. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you go to a state school, you can't get the classes. It's like more like five or six years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're only in school seven months out of the seven months out of the year. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and so for us, if we're trying to help them healthily transition into community and the marketplace, we don't want to pull them out and send them home for three months and say, like, right. "Hey, sorry, employer, sorry, all the you know the soccer team that they're coaching, sorry, all this kind of stuff." Yeah. And so they, they stay in and and really invest here in Black Mountain. So, I mean, I tell people all the time, you can probably go to Black Mountains right outside of Asheville, North Carolina. You can maybe go to, and it's booming tourist town. Um, we're thrilled to be here. It's a lovely community. Um, and you can maybe go to five or 10 businesses in the whole town and not see one of our students working there. And so, <laughs> so that's important too. It's like, we're not kind of off in the middle of nowhere with the community doing our thing. We're actually like involved and engaged in the life of the city, which is a big deal to us. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, how many students do you have? So right now we have about 60 on campus. Um, 
So the last class was our first full-on bachelor's class. Um, and so they'll be graduating next spring. Um, we have our first grad first full-on bachelor's graduation in June. Um, that was from some previous students that chose to go on through with it. Um, and then in this next class, we're actually expecting to recruit 50 to 60 more students. So we'll be about in between 110, 120 on campus. Um, but that's that's actually what I, I tell people too is, for us, if you're going to do life transformation and true education and discipleship, it's got to be small enough to where you know each other. Right. Um, and so where we're, where we're at here, we're never going to grow past 120 to 150 students on campus. And we don't want to. Um, and so the model of expansion is actually to plant elsewhere um, once we have the, the leadership that can sustain that. So. Okay. So when does the school start because it sounds like I mean you have to have like cohorts if it takes like two two and a half years to get through how does that work yeah great question so we start a class every September uh -huh. and so the first phase is September of you know 2023 until December of 2024 and then they'll start phase two in January of 2025 and go until <laughs> March April of 2026 so okay yep okay yeah. Awesome. So then they'll, you know, on the way they'll overlap with two other classes, but that start in September. So. Okay. Okay. I, that, that is, that is really cool. I love that. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, Andrew, we've kind of run out of time, but this has been so awesome. I am so grateful that you came on and you're kind of giving me hope for the future of um, higher education, because to be honest, I was like ready to give up on it and tell everybody just figure, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll give up, I'll give up, yeah. And that, that's our whole thing is like, if industries don't change, they will be disrupted and it's time for something new. And and that's where we think our, our space is right now. And so we don't want to, we want to, not do the old way of doing things. We want to do something new, but we still think that journey of progressing into adulthood, some used to call it college, is still important. And so, um, and so there is hope. And so, yeah, yeah, thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.